Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. I'm Greg DeVries, pastor at the Well Scottsboro, and I'm grateful that you've decided to listen to this podcast. I hope that this word uplifts you and encourages you wherever you are. Stay with me for a few moments after the sermon. I would like to pray with you. I trust you'll be blessed by the word of God. I am kicking into this Sunday. If you get on our Tuesday morning prayer uh, calls, I hope that you do. I would encourage you to do such. Uh, Tuesday mornings at 7 o'clock, you can call in. It's a free conference call, and we just pray. We we spend about 45 minutes. You can stay on while you're at work, wherever you are. But I made mention that I'm going to start a series. I don't do series very often uh, there, but I'm going to start a series that we've done here before. It's called the Growth Series, G-R-O-W-T-H. Grace, Repentance, Offering, Worship, Training, and Harvest. So we want to go to. I think we did it maybe three, four years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. Uh, there we don't do it all the time, but we just felt like it's time to go back into that. And, and it's not numerical growth. That is not the goal. The goal is your growth, your personal growth. The more you comprehend and understand the grace of God and how God works and how God moves in your life, the more you repent from anything in your life that is not connected to the will of God for your life, and the more offering you give. We're not just talking about financial offering. That is part of it. Matter of fact, I had someone tell me years ago, if you can't give them your wallet, what makes you think you can give them your heart? You know what I'm saying? Uh, but it's, it's just the living sacrifice there. And then worship. Oh, my goodness, to experience God and to go into the depths with God and to, to know him in a more, more intimate way and to really, really experience the glory of God. Not as much praise, but of worship, adoration, and just intimacy with the Lord. And then go into training. You know, how, how, how can I get trained? I'm going to get taught. Have you ever had somebody, have you ever hired somebody before, somebody worked for you? And you're like, what are you doing? And then you realize, what did I not do? I didn't train them. I didn't teach them. I didn't show them how to do this, right? And so the training is so important that we have in our lives. And then it goes into the harvest. It goes into the harvest. And it still amazes me. Uh, But then you can't be, shouldn't be terribly shocked. If people haven't experienced the grace, don't repent and aren't giving their lives and lives and offering, they haven't been, uh, they don't know how to worship and they're not training, uh, why would they not have a heart for, for the harvest? And it's amazing how many Christians do not have a heart for lost souls. All they have a heart for, God help me. God help me. But you see, God will help you with grace. That's how God gets to you is with grace. And then God requires you and I to repent. And God, God desires to see that we will give ourselves to him, that we'll give offerings to him. Uh, God wants us to be worshipers, not self-worshippers, not world worshipers, but God worshipers, amen? And then we need to be trained so we can be successful, we can be disciplined. That's discipleship in the midst of it in Harvest. So we're going into that starting this Sunday. In other words, what I'm saying to you, I don't think you want to miss one. I'm thankful that we're able to put things out online. I know there's people watching online tonight, and I'm thankful that they're there with us, and we welcome them. We appreciate them. Uh, But the reality is there's nothing like being in person. The one thing about being online, whether it's me or whether it's you, is that there's not accountability. Let me just tell you, even when you're texting, there's no accountability in your thumbs. You say whatever you want to say, however you want to say it, uh, but you need interaction and relationship with others. You need to be amongst people in the midst of. So I want to encourage you to try uh, to your best to be a part of that growth series. It's six weeks. Uh, it's great teaching. It's going to be incredible for all of us uh, there. And then also starting next Wednesday, I'm going to give you a little prelude tonight, but starting next Wednesday, I felt like the Lord put on my heart while I was walking with him this morning uh, to do uh, the next six weeks 
in the prayer life of Jesus and just teach on the prayer life of Jesus. Jesus prayed. And how did Jesus pray? What did Jesus pray? And, and just to kind of take that journey with them, I really don't know how deep this might be able to go in our personal lives when we engage into that. I know 35 years into the midst of this, I have a prayer life, I've had a prayer life, but I still want to have a prayer life that I haven't had yet. There's just a prayer life I want to go to. And I tapped into something just recently, and this is kind of really what kind of stirred something to me, is that I, I was sharing and, and I'm just kind of sharing my heart with the Lord and realizing uh, that, uh, that Adam and Eve had a relationship with God. It's such a good relationship that they heard the sound of him walking when after, even while they were in sin. While they're hiding from him, they could hear the sound. But the King James, I'm going to like King James. That was doeth too. But the King James says it was the voice of the Lord that they heard walking in the garden. So they had a relationship that they knew the voice of God. Jesus said all of his sheep should know his voice. And I find it, and I understand it, and understand the reason why, but I find quite often... As a husband, as a father, as a discipler, as a pastor, as a Christian, and as an individual follower of Jesus Christ, people struggle with discerning the voice of God. And we're following elephants when we should have been following the voice of God in the garden. You know what I'm saying? We're following lions and tigers and bears. Right? I mean, we hear all these things and we think it's the Lord. We think it's the Lord. We think it's the Lord. And we're not sure. And then the reality is things end up and we go, that wasn't the Lord. That's where repentance is important. Where he says, just turn, get back in path, and I'll, I'll help you there. But here's the thing about Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve didn't have problems. They didn't have children. <laughs> Not the children problems, but children bring problems. Come on, parents, where are you at in here? They're in youth. They're somewhere else. It's just okay to say. You have to deal with that. They didn't have that. They didn't have uh, co-laborers. They didn't have someone to compare themselves to. Come on, somebody. They didn't have cockroaches in their house. I mean, they did not have problems. But they still had a prayer life of knowing the voice of God. I shared something in second service. I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I shared something in second service at uh, this Easter weekend. Is it, there's a first resurrection. Those who are dead in Christ will be resurrected first. That's what the Bible says. There's, the Bible also tells us that God is going to bind up the devil and hold him back. And he's going to let us, those who are in Christ, Rule for 1,000 years with no devil. No devil. No liars, no cheaters, no thieves. No, you go all the way down the list. You think, well, I mean, why would we really need that if we're getting ready to spend eternity with him? I don't think it's for us. I think it's for him. Just like what he wanted back from Adam and Eve... He wants one day, 1,000 years on earth 
to rule and reign with believers like it was with Adam and Eve. Oh, that gets me so excited. I know you're puzzled to trying to work it out because of your Calvinism. You've got to know it all up here. He said he's going to restore all things from the fall of the garden. So it doesn't just go back to where you fell. I've got news for you. You fell before you fell. You and I were born with the sin nature. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. All he's looking for is fellowship. Now let's go back to Adam and Eve. They didn't have any problems. So what did they pray about? Majority of our prayer life is based around our problems. Let me ask you, the friend that you have that you love so much the most that does nothing but talks about problems with you. I said that very nicely, didn't I? That is not your favorite friend to fellowship with. Not that you don't. Not that you wouldn't. My place to say this is, it's not the highest level of fellowship. It's needed. It's understood. But it's not the sweetest place of fellowship. Could you imagine having fellowship? Such fellowship that you, you didn't have to worry. You didn't have to doubt. You didn't have to hide something. You could say what you really want to say and hear what you really need to hear. Fellowship with God without problems. Wouldn't that be something? I think it'd be peaceful. Yeah. I think it'd be a great place to be. Let's go to Luke chapter 3. Some of y'all hanging on the edge of your seat. I am. Picking up in John, uh, excuse me, Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Just a little snippet of where this is going to take us. I don't know about you, but I would like to have fellowship with God. Oh, listen to me. I would like to have, oh my goodness. Stay over here. I hear things. Listen, you don't have to figure it out before the preacher gets there. Sometimes we are so scared and so nervous of what the word might say to us that we tried to address it before we even get there. I would like to have fellowship with God like Jesus had fellowship with God. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Because the first Adam fell. Jesus was the second Adam. And he said, this is what I want to restore. But Jesus didn't get that garden fellowship without things around him. You can have problems and still have that relationship with God. It didn't come problem free. But he could still have that fellowship with God. And then Jesus turned around, John 17. You can go there and read it sometime. He said, I want you, me, you, 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 us, to be one with the Father like he's one with the Father. I, all I want to say to you this morning, this evening, and I may not be the best one to say it, is all I want to say to you is to get hungry, desire, think about it. What would it be like to fellowship with God like Jesus 
fellowshiped with God. But don't just think about it for yourself. What would it be like for God to fellowship with you like he got the fellowship with Jesus? Change of perspective. Paradigm shift. It's not all about me. You and I are created for his glory. We're created for his worship. We weren't created for his miracles. We are his miracle because he created us. If you stop and think about the human body and you start to take a look into it, you got to go, it's amazing. It's amazing. Verse 21, when all the people were baptized, I don't know, and, and I'm not going to take a, a, a survey here, but perhaps all of us are baptized. I would venture to say the majority of us are. So we find some commonality in this verse. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. So now we're starting to find some commonality with Jesus because Jesus found some commonality with us. Jesus came down, Donnie, and he lived life with man. And, and, and maybe not specifically with you 2,000 years ago. It might have been someone else, but man's man. He, he left deity and took on humanity, right? So he came down, and so he's, he's in the crowd. Honestly, one of the reasons that I wore a T-shirt tonight well, I, I read a book years ago, and I gave it to our pastoral staff years ago, and the book was entitled uh, uh, Shepherds Smell Like Sheep. Uh, I mind you, shepherds are sheep. We're just under shepherds. We just have a responsibilities laid upon our life. Uh, Jesus was the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he came down to earth where there's kings and there's lords. But he came humanity to the level of the lowest and the highest, whatever ranking official you might find in life. He's one of us. And so there's a commonality. He's doing the same thing they're doing. He's being baptized. That Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open. I came to a conviction and I see an expansion on it now. Some years ago, Pastor Whalen remembered this. We had some meetings and we all sat down and we talked about it. And I said, you know what? Every time, maybe you've noticed this, every time we baptize somebody, well, sometimes we'll say, whoa, 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 don't get up yet. Whoa, stay right there. Stay right there. We need to pray for you. And we pray for them and we pray the prayer of the encounter that Jesus had at his water baptism. How many of you have ever noticed that? We do that intentionally. Intentionally. Why? Because it's scriptural. Safest place to go. And we pray the same prayer that, you know, uh, that the heavens would open, that a voice would come in and speak to him, that the father, this is my son or this is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. And that the sphere would come down like in a bodily form and, and light upon them. I really believe that that's, that's where Jesus received the spirit. He was doing all that other stuff for 30 years, fulfilling the law, fulfilling what man could not fulfill. And he fulfilled it. He did it. That's why we need to repent. Because man could have done it, but he didn't, right? And Jesus fulfilled that. He fulfilled all righteousness, fulfilled all the prophets there. And so he comes down and he, he becomes a man amongst us. So we pray that, and we pray that for that person. 
But now I'm looking back at the scripture and said, well, he prayed. Well, he prayed. Now, we encourage our people in the water baptism. We haven't always done this, but now in, the, in years, we have now for years, we say, hey, give a little testimony. Give a little testimony. You testify. It needs to be your public profession of faith. I'm starting to think, hey, you pray. You pray. We can't keep doing it for everybody. Oh, some of us want to. Because then it's done our way. Seriously, some of us want to. Because then it's done our way. Because it fits here then. But the reality is, Jesus prayed. So we're, we're taking a little dip, baptism, taking a little dip into the prayer life of Jesus. So what happens when, while he prayed? I, I don't know about you, but I have this little saying, and I, and I, I desire it, that someday prayers become same-day prayers. How I many of y'all like a little bit of that? Yeah. All right, stick with me. It said, while he prayed, Mike. It didn't say after he prayed. It said while he prayed. You can expect things to happen while you're praying, not just because you did pray. I'm not saying that everything's going to happen in that moment, but I'm showing you a scripture that in the life of Jesus' prayer life, things happen while he prayed, not just after he prayed. Come on, somebody. And while he prayed, the heaven was open. This is where Excel in, in um, the school of ministry, these kind of things, we can break them out more. But did you notice there what was opened? The heaven. No plural. The heaven. What does that mean? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Wait, now you're saying plural. That's right, I'm saying plural. There's so much we don't stop and consider and think to realize the, 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 the geographical kingdom environment that we're in. The more we become aware of it, just like in worship, well, that was really strange. You, you all handed Michelle and Mike, she handed it back, handed it back there. We got to break some barriers somewhere, friends. We got to break some barriers somewhere. Somebody's got to start speaking in tongues and prophesying. Some, somebody's got to start having words and prophecies. Somebody's got to break out of their barriers. If the body's meant to prophesy and minister again, right? But it might feel uncomfortable. You know, it might feel a little strange, a little weird. Last thing you want to be is a stranger to worship. <laughs> who's the stranger? That's mean, who's the person that's not from here? Who's the one that doesn't abide here, right? We want, to, we want to go to new places with him. Sometimes you just have to break barriers. Is it always going to look like that? Breaking, what's beyond breaking never looks like the breaking. Are you with me? And while he prayed, the heaven. The scripture teaches us that God sits in the heaven of heavens. Right now, whether you know it or not, you're in the first heaven. Ooh, what do you mean about that? It doesn't feel like heaven. Have you ever heard of heaven on earth? Isn't it amazing we can believe in hell on earth, but we have a hard time believing in heaven on earth? 
Isn't it amazing we can believe in demons when we have no knowledge of angels? It's almost like <laughs> time for something to shift. The earth is filled with the glory of God, covered with the glory of God. The glory of God is here, but it's just not manifested at all times. Could that possibly be because that's not what we're looking for? And we're looking for other environments, even things that would substitute the feeling of I'm in the presence of God. What do you mean? Way FM, K-Love. You know, we could use electronic things to feel like we're in that atmosphere. And not that those are bad, but sometimes we use them as substitutes instead of the presence of God himself. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. Why is it when we walk out of his presence, the joy seems to leave? Could it be a falsified atmosphere? Could it be? I'm asking that question. I have to ask that question for myself. I should be able to gain the joy that I need when I've been in his presence. Amen? Now, the joy is not always hee-hee-hee. <laughs> it's not always happy, happy. It's strength. I'm resolved. He's faithful. He's faithful. I may not be feeling it right now, but he's faithful. May not be seeing it right now, but he's faithful. And you have that strength to remain. So while he prayed, says the heaven was open. Uh, we know in, 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 in other uh, of the gospels, it says a cloud moved in and a voice came out of that cloud. God always travels in a cloud. Always travels in a cloud. God himself, and he rolls in, moves in on the scene, and he opens the heavens over him. So the first thing to, to realize is that Jesus' prayer life has open heaven. Has open heaven. Now, to have open heaven, it only makes sense you'd have open heavens. Right? And so you have that. It has to be able to go through all that. There's direct, come on, somebody, just listen to me. There's direct connectivity with God. There's not hindrance in hearing his voice. Oh, I just, I, listen, I just want us to desire that. I just want us to, to, to want that, to desire that. I'm not setting you up for a fall. I'm not setting you up for a failure. God is faithful. He set us up for tonight. I mean, he allowed us to come in that place of worship. And some of you realize, I don't feel like, I, I feel different in this worship. I feel freer in this worship. I feel you're feeling that breakthrough. But your prayer life can give you an open heaven because his prayer life gave him an open heaven. And the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him. So the Holy Spirit is, not only is there openness for clarity to hear, there's revelatory experience going on too. I'll never forget one of the first times I ever got still and knew that he was God. I mean, I literally got still. I'd never been so frightened in all of my life. Uh, the the, the, the uh, 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 tangible sense of fear was on me. But it wasn't if there was a snake in the room. I don't like snakes. I don't like onions and I don't like tomatoes. There's things I don't like. It wasn't that kind of fear. It was a fear of God. A trembling 
Well, the fear of God is just the beginning of wisdom. Beginning of wisdom. And I think that in our prayer life, we ought to have a, a, a greater sense of a holy fear because it's also the beginning of knowledge. And prayer releases wisdom and releases knowledge. Prayer, you start to see things from God's perspective. In knowledge, you start to know him for who he is. It's a beautiful place to be. The Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form. In that moment, I could feel the awe of God, but there was as if something tangible was coming to me. It was more real than the walls around me or the carpet underneath me. It was more penetrating. And, and all I can describe it as is that it was appearing like a ball of fire. Ball of fire. Jesus had an encounter where he could both hear and see. It's as if his spiritual being was coming to it was an awakening. The spirit in him were becoming one. He is now being baptized in the Holy Spirit. He is now being submerged in the spirit of God. He is now being heightened, intensified. His life goes to a whole nother level. But goes right back through the same process in this one encounter. I think you and I can come out of our prayer life more invigorated with a greater sensation of the presence of God. Now, to some people, they don't like this kind of teaching. They wrestle with this kind of teaching. And I find this is the biggest issue in church today is the Holy Spirit. It's the most dividing aspect of any church which only makes sense because he's the most unifying aspect of the church. Right now, Jesus is being reunited with God. And it feels so good. Think about that. Spirit of God is coming down. He's been walking in humanity. Now the presence of God has come down on him. But some people don't like that. You know why? Because of their religion. And because they have control. They already know everything. I've got news for you. There is not a person in here, and collectively, all of us put together, that knows everything. Amen. David said he's unsearchable. He didn't say don't search him. He said once you find something out, there's still more to know. But some people don't want that. They don't want anything new. They don't want anything different because they've arrived. And they're satisfied, and they dig their heels in, and they resist things. Now, if I'm describing you, Be responsible with that. Because if he hasn't done what he needs to do with us as we are, he's sure enough ain't going to be able to do it with us staying that way. Something needs to shift. Something needs to change in our lives. We need a greater sense and a greater awareness and a greater revelation and a greater understanding, a greater hearing of our relationship with God. Now, I know that that might dethrone you, and it might dethrone me in somebody's life. That's what it needs to do. Oh, you need to understand. He's the king of kings. He, he should have the throne in every aspect of our life. 
We need to understand something. We were not created to be worshipped. We were created to worship. And when we like our little peeps around us and everybody knowing us and understanding us and referring to us and, and giving us the accolades and the praises and, and all the credit for all the things and, and people recognizing us, we're being worshipped. We're being worshipped. We should want him to change us. To make us more like him. Amen? The Holy Spirit descended, comes from heaven, the heaven, and a body form, and like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, we've already touched on the intensifying, the ability, the clarity of hearing here. But he says, you are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. Prayer in the prayers of Jesus, we find affirmation. We find affirmation of a father. If there's one of the greatest, listen to me. I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. One of the greatest detriments and effects of our nation is father wounds. It just is. It just is. Well, how can you say that? Because I read the Bible. Restore the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, lest I smite the earth with a curse. God has no pleasure, no pleasure in unfulfilled restoration of the heart of fathers and children. But he has a resolve. Because when it takes two to tango or to reconcile, it takes two. And if one doesn't, and if one won't, he's a father to the fatherless. And he takes those who are put in solitaire, and he brings them into a family, and he makes them one. God wants to restore us to his father heart. God wants us to find a place in prayer. Hear me wants us to find a place in prayer to where we can hear him say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm pleased with you. You've heard me say this before. I'll say it till I die. Jesus hadn't cast out the first devil, hadn't prophesied, hadn't taught Sunday school yet, didn't play in the worship team, didn't pastor the first church of Jesus Christ. He didn't do any of that stuff. God said, son, I'm pleased with you. I call you my own. Yeah, that's good. Every one of us, listen to me, every single one of us, me included, need to hear that. We need to know that affirmation. We need to know that love. We need to know that relationship. I, I want to say, oh, I want to say so many things. I'm not going to. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to affirm you. He wants to restore you. He wants to fill that void. He wants to comfort you. He wants to cover you. Listen to me. Notice this. And all the others, this cloud rolls in. Have you ever been under a cloud? It's called a covering. He wants to cover you. You and I need fatherly covering in our life. And not replacement theology. 
Come on, somebody. I believe in fathers on earth. But just like he's the king of kings, he's the true father. And every one of us need that fatherly affirmation. And we find in two verses of scripture, Jesus finds all that. While he prayed. While he prayed. We have, we have done very well here at the church, establishing, building corporate prayer. And listen to me, it's as scriptural. It is as scriptural. As scriptural. Our hopes and our desire in the midst of these nights of prayer we've been doing on Wednesday nights for I don't know how many years now. These prayer points, because it's in my house, we call it a house of prayer for all nations. I would say it in the early days, I hope that your personal life is growing in prayer. And I believe it did in a lot of us. I believe it did. But I believe it's going to grow a lot more now. Now. And the more individual prayer we grow in, the more greater our corporate prayer will become. Let's stand on our feet. That is uh, introduction to the prayer life of Jesus. I hope you're excited for it. Hope you desire it. We're going to title it While He Prayed. You know, this is how important prayer is to Jesus. While he died, he prayed. I'll give you all my notes tonight. Forgive them. Them knuckleheads don't know what they're doing. They have no clue. No clue. He said, why have you forsaken me? I have a little teaching that stands true to me. You can ask God all the questions you want. It's just not right to question God. Not that you haven't, not that you won't. That's not the right pro- approach. He said, why have you forsaken me? What, what, I, I think that's a good question to ask. Lord, why do I not feel fellowship with you? What's in my life? What's about my life that causing this gap? And then he said, and this will be a good one in your prayer time. And we're gonna, we'll break all three of these down. Not tonight. You don't have to worry. Into your hands. I commit my spirit. That anger, that fear, that jealousy, that, uh, that haughtiness, whatever it is. It only makes sense. Well, I commit my spirit to you. I commit my spirit to you. I trust you on the inside. The depths of life. Father, I thank you for this opportunity tonight. Perhaps, Holy Spirit, there's somebody here that's convicted. 
who, who wants to make a relationship with you, wants to ask you, Jesus, into their heart. Listen to their cry right now. Listen to their prayer. Lord, I was reminded of prayers I prayed years ago. Help me. Help me. Lord, I ask that you'd help us. If you're praying that prayer of faith, let one of us know tonight. We'll, we'll pray with you and encourage you in the Lord. But Lord, I want to go on this journey with you, and I hope that the people want to go too. That is my desire. Through the prayer life of Jesus. Taking that walk through the garden with you. Climbing up the cross with you. Getting up on top of a mountain or out in the middle of a boat. We want to learn how to pray like you pray. And I'm asking somehow, some way, that we would find an open heaven where we could hear clearly and see clearly. And I ask this in Jesus. I trust that you are encouraged and inspired by the Word of God today. Once again, I want to say thank you for joining us on this podcast. It's very important that after you receive the Word of God to make sure it gets sealed in your heart. I'd like to do that with you. I'd like to pray with you that we could tuck it away in our hearts and that we let the Word of God have free course, move swiftly in us, and it would glorify God. You know, the Word of God is a seed. You can expect results out of it. You can expect fruit out of it. You can expect something to be produced. Again, I'm so thankful that you joined us. Now allow me just a moment to pray with you. Father God, we come to you in the wonderful name of Jesus, the Word of God Himself. And I thank you for the Word that has been heard. I thank you for the Word that has been received. And Lord, now I ask that it gets covered up and it gets protected and locked and lodged in our hearts, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would water it. I pray that you would nurture it, that you would bring the light and revelation that it needs. And I pray that it produce good fruit in each and every heart that has received it today. I ask this in Jesus' name. I do this at the end of every service at the church. I want to do it with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord find great delight in you. And may you find great joy in him. May the Lord provide for you. May the Lord protect you. And may the Lord give you peace, peace. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.